And we're back, and we just finished watching 2012's Paranorman from Leica Studios. A story about a young man who's kind of misunderstood, very much ostracized and rejected by his peers, and sometimes by his own family. When we open up, Norman is talking to his grandmother, who we come to find out has already passed. From there, the story shows you him being bullied at school by, I guess, the town bully or the school bully, Alvin. Alvin. Who can't even spell his name correctly. Who can't even spell his name correctly. And then we're also given clues about the family history where his black sheep uncle... Black sheep. ...comes to him with a very important message. Thoughts. Gee, what did you... You'd actually seen this movie before. So did Olivia. So did Olivia. What did you think about it? I liked it a lot. You liked it a lot. What... Was it different this, watching it the next time around? No. No? You didn't pick up anything extra from it or... No. Okay. Initially, so, so what are your thoughts? You liked it a lot. What did you like about it? I liked how true it was. How true it was. In what way? People fear what they don't understand. Excellent. That's that's very ex- true that's to life. Very true to life. Uh, Olive G, what did you think of the movie? It was good. It was good. What did you like about it? I liked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> did you like the story? What about the story did you like? Did you understand the whole thing? Like what she was saying about people not understanding things and... Not people. People being motivated by their fears and intolerance and misunderstandings. Mm -hmm. That's something that we could definitely parallel to stuff going on today. Yes. For sure. Absolutely. Did you have a favorite character, Olive J? Hmm. I like the little girl. You liked Aggie? The little girl or Norman's sister? She was not a little girl. No. She was a teenager. She's still sort of a little She's girl. She's not a little girl to Olivia. You oh. have to think about what uh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. So you liked Aggie? Mm-hmm. Okay. What about Aggie did you like? Um. Did you like regular Aggie or did you like glowing <laughs> thunder Aggie? Glowing Aggie. Which one? Glowing Aggie. Glowing Aggie. Okay. You weren't scared by that? No? Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. What about you, G? Did you have a favorite character in the story? No. No? Okay. You liked everyone equally? All right. What did you think about the relationship between Norman and his dad? Or did you have any thoughts about it? No. No. Okay. I thought the dad was annoying, though. He was annoying. But again, it's because he didn't understand the full scope of what was really going on, I guess. Yeah, the the dad really seemed to be uh, he he almost seemed to be tired of of uh, what he sought as or he thought of as Norm Norman's eccentricity. He should have been more like a normal kid, and and he's got to stop with this whole I could talk to dead people nonsense. Uh, that would definitely set you apart at the playground, as far as it, things you bring to the table. Yeah, true, true, true. <laughs> and his mom, his mom. I don't know. I, didn't, I, didn't I think his mom was more understanding, his mom more was, forgiving about it. More forgiving, but I didn't really see her 
be more proactive. Jump, jump into the kid's defense, defense too much. Yeah, that I, I, that bothered me. Yeah, agreed. And, and the sister just thought he was a weirdo. Right. But, but then she, she was, has she a was, change of heart when she notices yeah, that things are but, maybe uh, not what she thinks they are. And she was your stereotypical teen. Like, a, you know, make sure my lips are shiny and oh, just check out Jason's abs. <laughs> Stuff like that. Yeah. Very, very stereotypical uh, teen girl. Blonde hair? No, not all teen girls are blonde. Not all teen girls are blonde, but and the, stere- um, the stereotype has them as just being very makeup? superficial. Makeup? Very superficial. Yes, makeup is important. Clothing, the way she looks, I'm sure, is very important to her. But, I mean, I think that's also part of being a teenage girl. Being a teenage girl is very treacherous, to say the least. Especially those chasing popularity. Exactly, exactly. So, So we touched on something that we hadn't really spoken about before, which is she sees him kind of as a twerp. A twerp, I guess. Yeah, that's a good word. But then it's twerp, she not twerp. has a change of heart when she sees that things aren't as she thinks that they are. Didn't you just say that? I did, but I wanted to go back to that because I think that's important. I think people sometimes come to things with certain misconceptions and certain assumptions and because of that, their influence, they let their fear and their ignorance influence their decision-making process. I think that's a very timely message. In this particular instance, a young boy trying to fit in, a young boy who's not like other young boys, but still a young man with feelings and thoughts and wants and needs and, and just looking to fit in. I don't think that any young person comes into a social situation purposely trying to ostracize themselves. That's not the makeup DNA of anybody, I don't think. No, they just want to be who they are. And sometimes being who you are is not the norm. Right. His name was Norman, but he was not the norm. Exactly, exactly. And because of that, especially at that young age, there's a... I mean, you'll always see like the, you know, oh, my kid's so accepting of whatever, but... That's not the case. It's not the case in, in the majority of the times. In the majority of the times, the kids are animals, and, and they just they go with the pack. Yes, there's a whole and, scene of mob mentality in the film that plays to that, and it's interesting because at the end, when things get resolved and stuff, like the dramatic teacher who in the beginning has a very intense scene with these kids... To the point where she's almost like belittling them. It was it was very to me it was very reminiscent of the trunch bowl in Matilda, where she's just like mercilessly just being a jerk to these young people. And and I sort of see how that behavior influences like somebody like an Alvin who also then it's almost like, oh, well she's a bully, so I'm gonna be a bully too. It's almost like Yeah, I mean I don't think Alvin needed any pressuring he generally no, Al- Al- Alvin that- was the big kid in his grade he was he was his design was larger than everybody else's thicker yeah plus he just his character was was very he was like the stereotypical bully yes and, and it's funny because uh what's his name Christopher Mintz Plass who's whose voice is the voice of Alvin he's he's good at that sort of thing which is which is he did both because he was the bully and as the story progressed he was part of the team Team. and you know (laughs) and uh it was 
I, I, I like I I liked his, his voice character. work. I, I enjoy that guy's voice work. I yeah. did too. And I liked his character arc because I feel like even though he's still going to be kind of a crappy kind of guy, I think that having this experience with these people opened his eyes to the reality of there's, you know, you know, there's more than one story out there. My dad always used to say... There's a million stories, and they're all true. Until you've walked in somebody else's shoes, you really don't know what their life is about, what the, what hardships they're going through, or what joys, obviously. I mean, hopefully not everyone's life is just one constant cycle of pain. But in this, it was it was really interesting. And, I, and as I was watching the film, we're going through some very surreal times um, politically as a country, and it just, it really spoke to me. Uh, the, again, that whole mob mentality, I think I forgot to finish my thought, which was at the end where the dramatics teacher basically is kind of excusing her horrible behavior. And, and she says something to the effect of like, I was inhabiting the role, which was disgusting in a way, because as an adult, as an educator, you should know you ex- better. Yes, you, she should have known better. She should have been behaving in a better way this is someone who's in charge of molding young minds and that's the age where you can make or break a child well i mean and that that is true but let's be honest these characters were very broad characters no no no. i am not and i'm not we're not not, there's they weren't going for subtlety and no no no. i completely agree but I, i and this is an indictment on dramatics teachers at all it's just that here's an adult let's Let's strip away all the other layers about this particular character. Here's an adult who has the wherewithal, has the tools to make better informed decisions, but doesn't. And that's what I'm trying to get at. The fact that, again, and and this is so steep in the story, how ignorance and fear motivates people to make certain assumptions and make certain decisions. And I think that... And stubbornness, too. And stubbornness, it, absolutely, it, 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 absolutely. Stubbornness comes into play when you don't want to feel... or you. It's like a lack of, the lack of empathy. Right. Or the inability to, to feel empathy. In, to just, and that, that's like a key to joining the mob. Right. You know? it's absolutely. It's just like, like the whole... Like, I mean, you hear it now. F your feelings. Yes. You yes. It's, exactly. And, exactly. And not even like trying to understand Stand things the from, side. from the other side's point of view. Like it's <clears throat> it, the it's the answer is well we got to crush it. We got to crush it. We got to dominate it. Never like why are they why are they like this? Why are they right. so angry? Exactly. Exactly. And we'd seen inherit the wind, which also plays to that ignorance and fanaticism need to be fed daily. constantly busy and need to be fed daily and when somebody has a certain ideology that they don't see outside of it's hard it's hard to develop that compassion and that empathy to the other side or to a different viewpoint or to a different lifestyle unfortunately there are a million stories that make up the world and the people that inhabit the world and not everyone looks like me or like you or like our neighbor or like the people down the block, there's people that look different, that are different, and it doesn't make them any less. Mm -hmm. Everyone's integral to the story. Everyone's integral to the world. I think everyone's voice should be respected. Everyone's opinions 
should be listened to, even if you don't agree. Just having that respect to a fellow human being of saying, okay, thank you for sharing how you feel. I'll take that into advisement or whatever. And I think in a kid's story, having that message played to younger people is A, amazing, B, important, and C, hopefully helps the younger generation develop into better human beings. I've, I completely have no faith in my generation anymore or the older generation. I feel like they, we've really, they, they we've, don't, you know what? They, they don't want to be bothered with it. Right. It's sort of like, it's exactly what I said. You don't want to know why. Right. You just want to know that, all right, I want it gone. Right. Right. There's right. a problem. Let's put a bandaid on it. Right. And unfortunately, I mean, that's it, it not could the way be, to be. The problem could be a bullet, but if I put a Band-Aid over the hole that the bullet went in, that's good enough for me. And uh, no, it's not good enough that <laughs> everything's still dying around you. Right. It's dying. Right. Ugh, ugh. What, a, what a timeline to be living in, huh? But um, going back to this movie, again... There are deeper meanings here. I mean, you could look at it at face value. It could be the story of a young man just trying to fit in, trying to live his truth. You could look at the broader themes in this movie and really deep dive on it. I encourage everyone, everyone to find a way to watch this movie if you have not and sit with your kids and have these discussions. I think it's very, very important. We, as parents, want better for our children. I always tell my own kids, I've had a good life. I want yours to be better. The only way to do that is through educating yourself into being a good person, a better human being. Leave this world better than you found it. Unfortunately, my generation and the previous generations are doing a bang up job of burning it all to the ground. But I have a lot of faith in the young people. I hope you guys do better than us. Olive G. On a scale of 1 to 10, what would you give this movie? I'd give it a 8.5. 8.5. Excellent. I like that. Gigi? 8.9. 8.9. I'm with Olive. I'll give it an 8.5. 8.5. Okay. I guess I liked it more than everyone. It wasn't the perfect movie, but I will give this a 9.5. I think it's top to bottom amazing. The stuff that Leica does, again... Do not sleep on this little studio. It's like from drawing to mechanical skeleton to mold to everything. And yes, it's just, yes. It's just so cool the process that they go through. And they do that at the end of a bunch of their movies. Movies, absolutely. I'm pretty sure they, they did one at the end of Kubo that lo- that was amazing. Yeah. The Where they were one. like showing the skeleton. The big skeleton with the swords all over. I'm sure they did it at the end of... Uh, I think they do it at the end, at the end of, of all of them. Yeah, yeah, I was trying to remember what the one at Coraline... I just saw Coraline on TV the other day and I can't remember... But anyway, yeah, Leica is amazing. Great storytelling. Again, we get lost in the bigger shops like Disney and Pixar because they are constantly pumping out stuff. But Leica is good too. Leica is and really, they, really good. And they, they care had, about story. They well. care about story. And I was going to say, they do the thing where even though it's a quote unquote kids film, I think adults can take a lot away from this movie. And I think that they're not afraid of going to those dark places. A movie like this, I mean, again, on the surface, it's about acceptance. It's about fitting in. It's about being different. But if you really go under and do a deep dive, there's so many elements to this movie 
and to the storytelling that it just it blew my mind this again yeah. is a, a really excellent piece of, of cinema and storytelling I highly highly encourage parents to to sit and watch this with their kids we whipped out the old DVD <laughs> to see it yep. so but it still holds up still holds up the uh, end credits, how they did it, like the kind they're, of like the like old, old movie, movie posters. posters. Yeah. This the character of Norman is very into like old horror movies and, and zombie movies and monsters and his whole bedroom, his slippers, his toothbrush, everything is monster themed, and it's well, just fantastic. Um, he said he was watching a, a horror and the, you know he said he said sex and violence. Oh, yeah. Which he wasn't, but anyway. I mean, that lady was showing off her butt. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was shot in a way that was a little that, ridiculous. That, well, that, was, that, on, that was, was on purpose, purpose because he was watching a, like, a, I guess like a Night of the Living Dead sort of parody. And there was that, the, 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 there's a woman being chased by a zombie. And for some reason, when they, they show the zombie and then they show the woman, and for some reason, her rear end is thrust out. <laughs> In like this ridiculous way, she's like turned so her, you could see her face, but her butt's also like the thrust forward, and so she's like, like she's like, and then she runs, and then there's another scene with her and the zombie where the zombie is slowly coming to her, and she's actually like, <laughs> and then she like looks at the camera, and then she's like, because the zombie's just taking too long to reach her. <laughs> And then she pushes the boom mic out of her way. That was great. That was great. Yeah. It was definitely a dig at those kind of like cheesy oh, horror movies. And really she had good. like that brain stuck to her shoe. That was hilarious. Shoe. And she's wearing high heels. I'm like, oh, who wears high heels when there's dead people walking? Like, get yourself some sneakers and some flats, girl. You know but, what? Uh, she should have grabbed her high heels. And she was wearing like down. shorty shorts too, wasn't she? I thought that one was wearing pants. No, I thought she was wearing, like, tiny shorts. She was wearing shorts. Yeah, she was wearing shorts. Well, maybe. I don't know. It, anyway. it wasn't... It wasn't... I mean... It, it wasn't risque it wasn't, or anything. It wasn't risque or, or sexualized. But it was funny. It was basically just done in, a, in like, this is what... This is <laughs> this is what these types of old films would, would focus on. Would focus on, on and, yeah. And, and, well, I was thinking it was more like a, a, a dig at, like, the stuff today. Like... The stupid stuff that we watched. What was that stupid movie? 3D Piranha? Oh. What was <laughs> that? Piranha, Piranha 3 Double D. <laughs> they, like, it's like right on the tin. They, yeah. They're, they're not being subtle. That yes, guy, yes. like, his head got chopped off. <laughs> and then it was in the lady's, like, chest. And, and they zoomed in on it. And she was like, you. <laughs> Motorboating a decapitated head. It is ridiculous. Like I mean, that's to me. That's what I thought he was watching. Like some like newer stuff. (laughs) Because I mean, some of the horror now is like. Although I feel like horror too has had a resurgence where you have more. It comes and goes. It it definitely comes and goes. But I feel like when we were kids, eighties, like eighties horror was so awful. It was. It was just. 80s horror was like sex and violence. Yes, yeah, yeah. 70s horror was sex and violence oh, yeah. as well, with extra boobage because I feel like <laughs> even in the even in the 80s they sort of toned it down. Like it wasn't like 70s. But anyway, yeah. it it sort of tapered off in the 80s. Yeah. I mean, horror has always been back in the 70s. That was important for the story. 
<laughs> I well, guess. Let's not. Let's not. Uh, let's not kid let's ourselves. Not belittle the the auteurs. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and I mean, it's it's nice that now horror. I mean, you have it again. It's it's it it feels like it's like the the renaissance on horror. You have. I mean, obviously, there's a place for crazy, silly movies like Piranha 3 Double Ds or whatever. <laughs> but then you have more intelligent movies like Get Out or It Follows or even It. I thought the first It was great. I, the second It was good, too, but I still liked the first one. The, se- the, sec- the second more. It was good, but I think they weird, they leaned a little too over into the comedy. Yeah, agreed, agreed. But that's fine. I mean, it was still it was still a decent movie, but I still feel like the first one was, first one was we amazing. We are going on a tangent. We are yes, going we on have. a tangent. Did everybody give their numbers? They eight, did. Eight and a half, eight and a half, nine. Eight point nine. Eight point nine. Okay. So we uh, are going to wrap this up. We are going to wrap this up, as Miss Olive G has said. Mm-hmm. Thank you all for stopping by, and we'll be back with another review shortly. Good night. Good night. Good night.